So, hey, everybody, welcome back to Where Are You Going? Uh, the podcast dedicated to all things freight, shipping, cost savings. I am here as a guest host with the normal show host, Dave Stavali. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for inviting me to interview you. I, I, thanks for having me. That, if that's how this works. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know you, uh, obviously you're very prolific on LinkedIn and you're starting a show uh, to in part capitalize on that brand. But yeah. I would love for you just to introduce yourself to this audience of people who are going to watch. So who is Dave Stavali? Well, there's uh, I think there's a lot of different ways to go with it. But of course, it's the easiest to talk about yourself. I, let's let's start with the headline on LinkedIn, because I do think that 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 uh, that does that does tell a lot or that at least opens the door to, to who I am. But uh, entrepreneur, soccer, football, basketball, dance, dad, uh, deal maker and delivering after 40. Right. What does all that mean? That's kind of a that's kind of a, a, a mouthful. But, um, you know, for me, from the entrepreneurial perspective, that's kind of always been my thing going back to, you know, trying to make money as a kid and uh, cutting lawns and washing cars and bartending in college and paying for, you know, being a guy that uh, sold enough spring break trips to go for free. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of always been my thing. And, um, you know, fast forward to today as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm in the same space I've always been in. Um, you know, people call it logistics or shipping. I will tell you, I think it's sales. I'm sure we'll talk a, a little bit more about that today. But yeah, start your own business from scratch, I think, uh, might be one of the simplest, most simple ways to describe being an entrepreneur. So, you know, I think, I think that's part of it. Um, when I put the sports up there in, in my, you know, my, my kids activities, my daughter's 11 and my son is nine. So um, it is a, a very busy time uh, when it comes to activities. And, you know, for the most part, uh, I try to do everything I can to be at uh, all the games and practices. And that really schedule does sort of dominate, um, you know, your, 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 your free time. And, and frankly, coming from the corporate world, when you have a little bit less flexibility, that kind of sets my schedule up on what I do on a, you know, weekly basis. And, and then certainly the, uh, certainly the, the weekends as well. Um, I think Dealmaker speaks for itself. I, I will tell you that I'm not a, um, you know, from a think about strategy or, you know, 80-20 rule and metrics and KPIs and all that stuff. I, I certainly listen and have been exposed to all those things. But frankly, I just like doing deals with people. Uh, and I don't care whether that's me going to, you know, going to get a new car or, uh, buying a gift for somebody and getting a deal on it or setting somebody up with a shipping account. I, I really, especially now getting back into more of sort of the um, field level, if you want to call it, business transactions, sales, I kind of forgot how much I enjoyed that because it's been a bit for me, but I just frankly like doing deals with people. And I don't think you need to over, uh, you know, I don't need to elaborate or make that complicated per se. That's just something I enjoy. Delivering after 40, you know, uh, look, there isn't one person that's going to listen to this, and hopefully it's, you know, more than one person or two people, but nobody's going to listen to this that hasn't gone through some sort of personal change, professional change. Um, their, their life has changed some way, shape, or form in the last two years, and I think for me, coincidentally or maybe not, that's when my career has changed, and I'm kind of reinventing myself and delivering after 40. Uh, I think... Um, 
uh, you know, Annie Lee, who's a, who's a great follow on LinkedIn and a, and a friend of mine. Uh, I think she came up with that, but it just made a lot of sense that that was the time of my life where I was going through a change. And, you know, I think uh, that's a decent way to sort of describe where I'm at and uh, who is, who's Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you, you, there's a lot to unpack there. I do have to ask you so that you guys have the football coach in Detroit. That's the bite the kneecaps off guy. <laughs> and he's still there, even though they were terrible this year. Oh man, you like what that you like? That's like a thirty mile an hour softball. Like because I, I, I I'm so excited to answer that question, and it I, it like hurt to wait for it. So um, being a Lions fan is a curse. It's a disease. It's you know I've I've uh, I've traveled a lot. I've lived in many cities across the country, but grew up in Detroit and, and back here now. Um, and I just, you know, I think about my family and my dad and I, you know, I want to, I want to curse them, uh, for passing that disease down to me. Um, I, I, I think I gave up around 2008, nine, you know, the time period that when they had the the season where they, they didn't win. Um, and then 2011 sucked me back in, uh, and I've kind of been back in well, and I remember too, because it was right after the season last year, ever since his press conference, and that was you know, Jan, it was like the second week of January last year. So a year ago, um, I've been hooked again. And, and I'm talking and, and I know, and so like, I think about it as a kid, right? I was somebody that watched sports center seven times as a 10, 12, whatever year old. And then I think the, old, the older you get, you sort of aren't as into cheering for 20 year olds. Right. And I, I don't care how that comes off. I think it's just, you get a little bit older and then obviously your priorities change and all that kind of going back to what I said about my children. So um, football and the lions is like the only thing that I really am a- act stupid about, right? Like fan, right. As a fan, you're a fanatic, which, you know, means I think you're kind of crazy to a certain degree about, about your team. So that, really like almost hooked me even further and then when you think about like I think you have to cut the line season into two parts this year when you think about the games in the beginning of the first half of the year that you know they lost and of course had a tie to three games four at a tie that they shouldn't have and you think okay same old team but to me the great life lesson of the Lions this year was to your point yeah they 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 did have the second worst record in the league was for how these guys kept playing so hard for Dan Campbell, right? Which is who we're talking about, right? The bite the kneecaps off guy. (laughs) Great life lesson, great business lesson about having a culture and and being bought in and frankly, not quitting uh, when, I mean, what, what did they have to play for really? I mean, maybe their jobs the last year, but as a team, just watching how they never quit when the games in November and December and this year, January, right? Cause a longer season, the extra game, they never quit. And, and honestly, that goes back to the top and that goes back to the coach. So um, I'm more hooked as ever. Uh, and I, I, I specifically because of him and the culture that they really seem to be building. I, I am too. I'm, I, I tried to write him an email just to say you're doing awesome, but he doesn't, it's not like Dan Campbell at lions.com or whatever. So I got to <laughs> gotta figure it out. But uh, when, when we talk about, I know you mentioned Unishippers, uh, I think just once in passing and obviously what you do in, you know, logistics or freight or shipping or whatever you want to call it. Um, can you just explain that space? I mean, I know you were at worldwide express, like what, just like kind of give us a high level of that. 
So it, it's a good question, and and you and you have to unpack the question because it, it's like, well, what is the space, right? When and you know, it, it's really it's almost like a trillion dollar industry when you want to talk like shipping. Okay. What's shipping? Well, you know, obviously supply chain has been in the news a ton, but if you go from contain, you know, air freight or containers down to truckload, down to LTL, down to small parcel shipping, down to Amazon, right? I mean, when you, when you think about it from that perspective, it is a massive space that is, is extremely fragmented, meaning there's so many darn companies in the space that do different things. Um, I heard something at one of our corporate events years ago, and that was that the only industries that are more fragmented than shipping are uh, babysitting and lawn cutting, right? Like something like something crazy. But I think that gives you some perspective and sort of what that looks like. Where you know when you think about truckload and how many different brokers there are and, and all those things. Shipping as a whole is a huge space. To answer your question, I think a little more directly, my general focus, my whole career from, you know, again, young buck salesperson to manager and director and corporate and franchise and all these kinds of things has generally been in the small parcel or small package space or the LTL space. And, th and that's really the, the, the core parts of, of my business today to where what makes us very unique is this amazing partnership and really marriage that we have with UPS on the small parcel side, because we're the only company in the U.S. that has this relationship. So generally we are, and I am on a daily basis talking with companies that either use majority FedEx, maybe a little bit of both, uh, and try to get them to switch over to FedEx or a lot of them- or get them help. to switch to UPS. I'm sorry. Yes. Get them to switch yeah. to- okay. To, uh, to, to UPS, thank you. Um, or with a, a lot of the networking that I've done the last couple of years, and I'll talk about some of the, the changes there. Um, everybody has a side business or maybe an interest they're thinking about, or maybe a new business, right? You know, the, the whole idea of everybody changing jobs or, you know, quitting their job in, in the last couple of years. Well, uh, many people have done maybe what I'm doing to a certain degree, but started their own business. Um, so, those types of individuals need shipping help. And it really runs the gamut from product-based companies, service-based companies. And there's a few different things we focus on there, whether it be e-commerce, international, B2B. But in general, you know, we're sort of your go-to knowledgeable company for UPS shipping. And you know, the model is really like Costco or Sam's Club for shipping. We have uh, fantastic rates because we spend over uh, $700 million a year with UPS. And then my target market is generally your S&B where uh, we can help out from a value add perspective. And then of course, you know, costs, we're, uh, we're not gonna charge you more. So that's half of the business. If you walk into any company in the US, chances are, cause it's really still a duopoly with FedEx and UPS. So let's just say easy math here. There's a 50% chance they're already gonna use UPS. So then in that case, we're going to talk about LTL and we have seen tremendous growth in our LTL product because the company as a whole only got into LTL in 2008. And the amazing- What is LTL? Sorry, I, I don't know the word. Yeah. No, that's, you know, that that's, it's funny you, you say that because, you know, we, I've always talked over the years, uh, don't use shipping terms, right? Well, that's a shipping <laughs> term, but let, LTL means less than truckload. 
that just means or that just means your stuff goes on a truck with other people's stuff. <laughs> so that's the best way to think about it. We work with all the common carriers, the the XBO, the Estes, the RNL, the YRC, uh, UPS Freight, which is now called T-Force. When you hop on any highway in your local area, you'll know who those carriers are. The difference is we're not exclusive to UPS when it comes to LTL. And it's like, call it Orbitz, Expedia, Kayak, or Hotels.com. That's what the product is. But we are the second largest buyer of LTL freight capacity in the U.S. So again, sort of same type of model. And I, I, won't, um, I won't repeat myself in terms of, of, of who we look for type of sort of space. I think there you're probably look, looking more, you know, pushing more medium to large size companies, but um, it's great, you know, so that's the, that's the focus. And I've always said, everybody ships, meaning by everybody, all kinds of different companies, no matter what, white collar, blue collar, product or service space, like I said. So, um, you know, that's sort of the, the space we're in. Um, I, yes, it's logistics, yes, it's shipping, but Really, it's just, you know, I've always looked at it as you're a, you're a salesperson, you're an entrepreneur running your own business, regardless if it's, you know, a corporation or a franchise. And to answer your question, I was on the corporate side. That's what Worldwide Express is. And now I'm on the franchise side, which is the ownership referral. Now, I'm curious as an entrepreneur, uh, because every business is different. And I know the stories of people who build their own you know, shippers business are pretty incredible. I mean, the uh, it's it's kind of golf course in Hawaii type money uh, when you're <laughs> successful, but it takes a while to build. Because I also know from working together that your deals are not uh, always that large, depending That's on how right. much someone's shipping. So how do you balance that in your mind? Like you said, you're kind of at a turning point in life. Yep. You want to get back in the entrepreneurial game. And you're working your butt off, I know, but it's yep. literally like step by step by step. Like there's no, it doesn't feel like you can really leapfrog. It's a slow build. How do you manage that mindset wise? It's a great question. I, I think, um, you know, you can think, you, you can look at that a few different ways. Um, you want to be urgent. You want to have urgency, right? I don't know how personally, I, I could be wrong, right? Unless you invented crypto or, uh, you know, uh, you're Mark Cuban or, you know, I don't know. Unless you have the quick fix, right, is my point. Um, you have to have urgency to start a business, frankly, to grow a business, to keep running a business, 100%. And, I, and I've built different books of business from scratch over the years, just it wasn't solely mine. But I also think you have to focus on the little wins along the way balanced with being smart from a business perspective. Here's what I mean. I want to have, yeah, do I want to have a million dollars in revenue or X percent of that in margin, you know, by the end of 2022? Yeah, you bet your butt I do, of course. But I also know I'm playing long ball here and I, I and want to make sure that, great, the, gro the goal is to sort of grow, you know, whether it's golf course money or it's enough money to make you happy, I think that's relative. But the, grow, the goal is to grow a solid, diversified book of business. And, and also, I've been through the ringer enough with customers and politics, corporate pol and all those things. I frankly just want to work with good people. And so my point of that is, is, is twofold. When I meet somebody, whether it's still in person. I still do a lot of my in-person stuff in, you know, in, in Michigan, 
it's virtually LinkedIn, whatever, uh, you know, uh, referrals, right? All that. Yes, they have the shipping volume. That's great. But I want to work with good people who I can trust and will pay me inside of 30 days. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. And, you know, that might sound flip, but that's also how you run the business. I know that if I do that, <clears throat> I take care of people. I get the satisfaction out of helping people. And frankly, you know, it's not a nonprofit. All right. And I'll, I'll be me in this, in this, in this, on this episode, the, the gratification of getting a new customer and seeing that sales process go. I know that over a seven to 10 year period, um, it will all work out. Yeah. And I love uh, Dan Campbell's a great analogy. Cause I was telling someone on our team that yeah. this morning, it's like, keep pushing. Like I love in that Rocky Balboa movie, the most recent Rocky one where he's kind of like, knows he's going to lose, but he's just still hitting. And it just makes me think of that. Like it's Babe Ruth always says, it's hard to beat a man who never gives up. Right. I think it's so true of just, if you're patient, I, uh, Bill Gates would always say, you know, you own, overestimate what you're going to do in a year, but you underestimate what you can do in a decade. Um, and I feel like you, you strike that in my mind as you have that paradoxical blend of patience and, and persistence, because you need daily persistence and decade patience. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and so I, a, a few things now, Dan Campbell doesn't have seven to 10 years, but he definitely has three to four and they are, you know, tre- trending correctly. Um, I just think you have to have that to me, here's how I know that this is going to work. And and uh, this is going to be a, a growth story a few years down the road because um, it is all about my mindset and attitude. Um, as I've sort of gone through some changes, um, I would be lying to tell you that I had the right attitude over the, the, the last two years. I also think most of society would be lying to you if they said, yeah, the last couple of years have been roses and have been awesome 100% of the time, right? But um, today, I know that I have the right attitude I have the right energy and I know it's going to work, but that's also hard, you know, easier said than done. Whether it's you had a tough day the day before, or yeah, I'm up in Michigan in January. Like, is it really uplifting to go outside in 11 degrees? Like, no, it sucks. Um, But for me, I think my big takeaway and sort of rule with all this is if you're just, no matter what happened yesterday, if you have a positive attitude, and you are generally kind to people and, and you can sort of, you know, not, now don't let anybody take advantage of you. And sometimes the answer is no, but I think if you can just, no matter what happened yesterday, wake up and be positive, have energy and have a little bit of talent in your pinky. I think you can, I mean, and, and I've seen it over the years, right? I've seen people that were less talented by far. were not the most talented guy or girl in the room, like not even close, maybe the least talented, but they had a positive attitude and they kept doing it and they kept going after it. Maybe to bring it full circle, shipping's a residual based business. Nobody has the, um, you know, has the house on the golf course in Hawaii or anywhere else for that matter. Um, after a month or after a year, you just kind of sort of build the book of business and, you know, you look up after a little bit of while, a little bit of while, excuse me, if you do it right. And then maybe, you know, you have something to write home about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess, uh, I guess that was kind of my point too, is I know you're building a snowball. So the benefit is uh, I have friends in life insurance or mortgages. Their, their snowball uh, is a little different because it's really about their network because the actual yeah. transactions are one and done. 
That's and right. Hers are actually growing over time. Yes, it's very interesting. Now, uh, final kind of series of questions I have is when you look at the space, I mean, supply chain is obviously beat up right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know there's, like you said, duopoly. We all probably think of these few if we're outsiders. What's yep. just your view of where the industry is, where it's been, where it's going, the trends? Like, I'd just love for you to riff on that a little. Uh, so it's it's almost like I'm going to take two cuts at that. And the, the, the first cut is sort of the big picture. So it's almost like you take a mountain and then you have to cut it down into different parts. Well, generally that mountain is... Um, Things are produced overseas still, right? Most of them. Uh, and then from there, sort of the shipment gets smaller and smaller. What I mean is it starts with however much you can get on a ship. Okay, that's not my specialty. <laughs> but it, yeah, I was down in Miami a few weeks ago watching the ships. I mean, it's a lot. So you go from that, you cut that down to a container and then you cut a container down to a truck and right half a truck. And we, we've kind of been through that um, on, this, uh, on this interview today. But I think... The question there is, I think that does sort of correct itself. I would tell you that, you know, um, that's a slippery slope in my opinion, because I think part of this supply chain issues and all of that is a bit of what the media says. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and trust me, I am the first guy to run my slow butt the other way down the hallway from a conversation about politics when it comes to business. But I will tell you, it didn't have a huge impact on what we do from a UPS, Amazon, LTL perspective. It didn't have as much of an impact as you may think going into your grocery store or going through the drive-through or seeing a lot of that. You know, it, it had less of an impact than you would think. Now, do I do think that eventually we probably need to get some autonomous trucks do I do think that we need to make sure that as many people as possible get back to work? And will that help a little bit? Sure. But I do think that's a bit overblown from an, a negative media perspective, because what I'm seeing on small books of franchise business, bigger books of corporate business, there's growth everywhere. I mean, everywhere. You know, I, I, I'll go back to you know, March of 2020, because it's a great answer to this question. There was a small dip for about two months. And unfortunately, did some businesses, you know, go under? Sure. But ever since then, there's been dramatic growth everywhere. And I think that with when it comes to supply chain and oh my gosh, what's going on? I just think the focus has been a little too much on the negative versus a lot of the growth that has come out of that. And just some of the permanent life changes that I think have become normal today as we're as we're approaching February of 2022. Yes, yeah, so interesting from an insider perspective, because I think you're right. I probably read the news too much and just take it at its word. And right. when you're on the ground, you know it's uh it's very different. Now uh, my final question for you would be I feel like you're someone who I know at a personal level really likes to give back. Uh, and you make a big effort whether it's mentoring or being involved in your community and I'm curious for you, because you have so much energy every time we talk, like you have more energy on LinkedIn than I think anyone I've ever met. Uh, what drives you? Like what, like it's a Thursday, it's 11 degrees, it's 1.40 PM. Like why is your heart beating faster than the rest of ours? Um, <laughs> 
I, uh, why do I want to give you two answers to everything? I mean, that's either, that either makes it complicated or uh, it tells you I'm, I'm being real with my answers. Um, I will say this. Uh, number one, uh, I am like a, uh, I don't function correctly without a workout to start the day. So um, that has nothing to do with giving back or my mindset or my heart or anything. But honestly, like I, it, the, the, it doesn't turn on until that happens. Like um, Lisa sometimes says to me like, oh, you are, you are just miserable. Uh, and then the days that, you know, uh, that we have some of the kids stuff in the morning and, and the workout doesn't happen first, I make that comment right back to her. So I will just tell you two guys talking, like really that's number one, that's what gets my motor going. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that um, my cadence, give or take, when it comes to posts is twice a week or as, as much as I can give a, passion, a post that I'm passionate about. That's my cadence. I don't know whether that's right, wrong. Again, a lot of people have their own opinion on that. But I do it generally when I'm riding the bike because I know that I can give my most energy. I have my most passion sort of during that time. Going back to your question, though, like the drive, I had a awesome, like fantastic parents, fantastic family. So I have two answers to that question. I think up until the last couple of years, my drive was always, I grew up in a nice suburb, um, a lot, um, but my parents were coaches. So I watched, and, and I'll just say this, shoot. My dad's salary as a high school basketball coach was $7,000 annually, annually. Uh, so that's, that's fine. And that's not about happiness. But for me, then I watched a lot of my friends be able to do things that I wasn't able to do at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And I just kind of looked at it and thought, well, I want to do this stuff. I want to make my own way. And I kind of want to, that, like that, that is going to be my drive. And I, I know, and that isn't that complex. It's not some sad story. You know, I didn't, I, uh, I wasn't um, abandoned by my, my parents. We weren't impoverished. It's not, I didn't, you know, my parents didn't have, they weren't seized. It's not a, 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 a sort of a heartwarming story, but it's my story. And that was really my drive that got me, I think, to kind of like my mid thirties, maybe late thirties. That answer today is more of, okay, here's like the second act. And I went through my own pivot and now it's probably about proving everybody wrong, but also setting up my kids and taking care of my kids for college and showing in the right way. And sort of, it's really about act two in general, part family, part personal. And, um, you know, it took me a while to get there. Just, I, I'll just tell you, this, this wasn't, if you were to ask me this question a year ago, I couldn't give you the same answer because I wasn't ready to give that answer. Um, but that's what the answer is today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and your resilience, uh, I think emotionally is really cool because I, mean, I think most people who are tough enough to take a look at life that way aren't always probably as kind. So it's a, definitely a credit to you. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, either to come on Where Are You Going? to talk about freight logistics, if they want to get into the industry, if they're a young person or any age of person that wants to be in sales, how should they reach out to you? Yeah, I think the, the, the two things um, that I'm looking at every day uh, is certainly uh, message me on LinkedIn. 
uh, that uh, that noise it makes uh, when you when you get a message always sticks out uh, as I'm generally in front of my computer. And then um, you know, my Unishipper's email is just dave.stavali, S-T-A-V as in Victor, A-L-E at unishippers.com with uh, two Ps. Uh, those are usually the two things that I'm, I'm glued to on most days. Yeah, awesome. Well, definitely uh, feel free to reach out to Dave and uh, can't wait to see what you do with this show in the coming weeks. Thanks for all the help, Miles. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Where Are You Going? Feel free to look up Dave on LinkedIn for more of this original content.